And now, a deleted scene from Top Gun, Maverick. We've gone over the mission parameters. Does anybody have any questions? Ah, uh, yeah, I got, I got, I got some questions. All right, what's your call sign? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's me, Jelly Bean, and uh, I just. I just I had some questions about the mission. I'm, I'm a little confused on some of the details. All right, Corporal, what's your questions? Uh, well, first of all, what uh, what what country is this we're uh, doing this in? I'm sorry. Like the country who's who's underground uh, uh, weapons manufacturing base we're just des we're destroying. Like, what country is it? I'm sorry, that's uh, that's classified. Okay, well, yeah, but, like, it, it seems weird that, like, okay, so hear me out. It, it, first of all, <clears throat> this place, it, it's got a lot of pine trees and snow, okay? Uh, so it's, it's, it's n more northerly, at least, or maybe in the mountains? Is it in the mountains of somewhere? Well, lots of pine trees and snow, okay? So that's my, that's my first question. Uh... But then at the same time, like, so, but it's not, it's not Russia, because, because Russia already has nuclear weapons. So we, we would be wasting our time blowing up their secret nuclear weapon building facility, because, because, you know, they already have tons of nukes. Okay, I, I see what you're saying there, but I guess you can, we can, you can write Russia off the list. But here's the other thing is that, like, okay. So this country we're doing this in, they've got these, uh, so they don't have nuclear weapons, but they have more advanced fighter jets than us. I'm not sure I'm following you there. What's, what's that about? Okay, look, it's not that America doesn't have more advanced fighter jets. It's just their fighter jets are going to be more advanced than the fighter jets you'll be using in the mission. Okay, but like, why? I'm sorry? Why? Why are we not using better jets? Like, wh why are we using these old jets? It, it, it feels like it's a choice based around nostalgia. I'm sure there's a perfectly good technological reason that we've already gone over as to why we're using these older jets. I mean, you say that, but like, I don't know. These planes just feel like they're here for like some nostalgic purposes. And, and you know, maybe we should instead use jets that could compete against the enemy jets i'm i'm just i'm just saying i i don't understand what country this is i don't understand some of the parameters can't we just drop a bomb on this thing from space i mean really guys what what is this about i mean maybe we should hey wh where are you guys taking me uh corporal jellybean we had to make some cuts and we've already decided that you're one of the people we're cutting come on guys all right get him the fuck out of here we now conclude this deleted scene from Top Gun Maverick. The scene was deleted from the final film for containing the words, Get him the fuck out of here. Considering the other levels of violence and sexuality in the movie, they decided that this one use of the F word might mess up their PG-13 rating. And the scene was cut. We now bring you back to the intended listening program. Welcome to the 
Hello and welcome back to Ruben Uncut. I, of course, am Ruben. Today I'm going to be talking about some movies I recently saw. These are some movies that I missed last year. Uh, one of which was a movie that everybody seemed super hyped about. And I just uh, didn't care. And the other one was one that, after my movie list came out, a handful of people recommended to me. So I finally watched those movies. What were those movies? Well, those movies are Top Gun Maverick and The Menu. So let's get through with my spoiler, my non-spoiler reviews of these movies, if you haven't seen them yet. For, like me, you, they just, you didn't latch onto them immediately and such. Start with Top Gun. I'm sure that's why a lot of you clicked on this thing anyways. All right, Top Gun Maverick. Now, I need to state something here. I, I never saw the original Top Gun. I, my point of reference for Top Gun is literally the Legal Eagle YouTube video on all the crimes that are committed throughout the movie. Uh, fun fact, it's a lot. So I do have a general idea of the characters and uh, how little regard they have for the law, but that's about that's about it. Well, and the, I have the rough idea of the storyline of Top Gun, but I, I also don't. <clears throat> so I saw Top Gun Cold, I guess you could say, and which means I also saw it with zero nostalgia pumping through my veins. Now, to be fair, if, even if I had watched the movie recently to just to get myself equated with it, I still wouldn't have the nostalgia because, you know, I didn't see it when I was younger. It's hard to have nostalgia for last week, you know what I'm saying? <sighs> but anyways. So, Top Gun is a movie that I'm going to have trouble talking about... Uh, without going into spoilers because I just didn't think there was that much there okay like okay so let's let's break this down first of all let's say what Top Gun does well uh, which is that uh, well Top Gun seems to have a decent cast Top Gun has incredibly gripping and exciting flight combat and flight combat training sequences these parts of the movie are pretty great Oh wait, these parts, I guess this part of the movie is pretty great. It, I really only, the acting's not really, a, I mean, it's a part of the movie, but the, I feel like you understand what I'm saying. The point is, uh, for a movie that some people chose as their movie of the year, hashtag confused faced, <laughs> I regret saying that, but I'm going to leave it in. Okay, it, it, why? Like, what? I mean, it's fun. It's fun to see planes do crazy shit and them not be CGI. But, like, what? Movie of the year? But, like, this, there's almost nothing here. I mean, essentially, you've got Tom Cruise's character, who's got, like, an arc to it, kind of, sort of. It's 
him coming to terms with some events from the previous movie that were shown in flashbacks. And then just him training a bunch of uh, young people, one of whom he has a past with. And no, it's not a creepy past. And that's the whole movie. I mean, there's also this this romance between Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly, who I, I have nothing against Jennifer Connelly, but in all honesty, what I mean, maybe I could care about this relationship, this romance, if I'd seen the other movie. But like, honestly, I found it very cringy. Just the whole thing, like. Also, like, this is a man movie. Like, there's... If this romance is in here to attract the attention of women, then shame on you, Hollywood. Shame on you. Because, come on, guys. It's like she's literally just here so that Tom Cruise's character has a woman he can tell all his feelings to. It's... It's not good writing. It certainly fails the Bechtel test, if you know what I'm saying. And then you got all the young pilots. And, like, the thing about all the young pilots... Okay, so, like, there's a double standard against superhero movies, okay? Versus this kind of movie. You know what the double standard is? Which is the fact that if this were a superhero movie, the conversation we'd all be having is, But all those pilots should have gotten their own movie before they were in this one. Now we don't have sufficient backstory for them all. And the thing about that complaint is, A, no one made that complaint about this movie, but also, B, it's accurate to this movie. There's, like, there is no character development at all to these, to these young pilots, practically, except for Miles Teller's character. Uh, he's got some character, he, he's got a thing going on. He's got an emotional arc, that it's journey that he's on with Tom Cruise, sort of a reconciliation between them and whatnot. Oh, but then you got the rest of them. You know, you got the the smug asshole guy who's uh, who has base who has who has douche face. You know, Hollywood douche face. You know that face of that that like face that's kind of like weirdly good looking, but also you want to punch it at the same time. You know that kind of douche face. He's got that real bad. But uh, you know, he's that he's the hot shot who's a rival to Miles Teller's character. Who is a dick, but you know, in the end, like, does a nice thing. And then, of course, we got the black pilot, the 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 girl pilot Phoenix, who for some reason is the only name I'm remembering now. Miles Teller's guy's name is Rooster. I remember that one. Uh, we got Bob, the uh, the shy introverted pilot. Uh, well, he's not really a pilot. He's like the uh, the tech guy who sits in the back of the uh, of the one plane and operates the. Uh, the aiming computers or whatever. And, uh... Then you have a handful of other pilots who we don't really ever know their name. In fact, there's one other... I, I can tell you the name of one other pilot. I mean, they do actually say their names. I'm sorry. I just... I only remember the Asian girl... Uh, woman. I don't remember the Asian woman uh, whose name is... Whose call sign is Yale. Side note, I don't know how many of these characters we even learned their real names. It's pretty much call signs the whole way through. But, like, Yale's there, but she doesn't do anything. I mean, she does, but it's all in the background. You, you hear, you, they, they say her name, and you can see it on her uniform, and she's there. But, like, the camera's never focused on her. She's never the point of any storyline. 
she has no character development. Hell, the the pilots, the other pilots I just mentioned, who the camera does focus on and have dialogue, they don't fucking practically change at all either. Pretty much, they just all go from being really good pilots who can't fly this mission to really good pilots who can fly this mission. That's not character development. Okay? Now, look, I'm not saying you can't make a movie with background characters, but, like, I just think there's a double standard here. You know? Just, just saying. Just saying. And, okay. And I have, I have a complaint about the plot of the movie. But I'm going to save that for spoilers after the commercial. Provided it's still playing commercials. I recently looked at my thing and it didn't it didn't look like I had commercials currently available, but it's still letting me put them in. So I don't know if that means that there's that there's a placeholder in there for when commercials play, when I am being offered commercials or whatnot. I I honestly don't know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, if I ever get more commercial, uh, I need more listeners to get more commercial offers. Anyways, so what, what I'm saying is that the, there may or may not be a, a commercial uh, before the um, before the uh, before the the spoilers. So if you if you for fast forward ahead and you you accidentally end up in the spoilers, I'm I apologize. I will try to also mention it that I'm I will reference where I believe a commercial will be, and and. Hopefully that will help you avoid the spoilers. But so Top Gun Maverick, I, did I like it? I, I mean, it was, it was fine. It was fun. It was action-packed. It was exciting. It didn't look like a video game. Stares daggers at James Cameron. Yeah, no. Top Gun is fine. I, however, I honestly don't think there's enough to it to justify things like saying movie of the year. I mean, like in a year where we were given such incredible genre films as The Batman, The Northman, and Everything Everywhere All at Once, how could you possibly think that this movie is better than any of those three? It's certainly not better than Nope. It's not better than... Not better than Barbarian. It's not better than the movie... I'm about to talk about which you absolutely definitely need to see if you're not already. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't know, I don't know uh, why you anyone would ever say that this movie was movie of the year. I mean, it's fine, it's fun, it's a bunch of military propaganda too, and it's honestly some of it I found very cringe to be to be honest. But you know, I'm not gonna sit here and lie to your face about how the and tell you those those flight scenes weren't badass because they were but that's that's about it Tom Cruise and Miles Teller do a great job but like at the same time who cares it's not like there was much there they did a good job it's fine that's that's my opinion we're gonna throw in a bonus review here for A Man Called Otto A Man Called Otto is a you may have seen any commercials for this it is a current comedy out about uh, current comedy out starring Tom Hanks and uh, if you saw the trailers then you know that this is an old curmudgeon 
style comedy. You know the formula. Some old curmudgeon who ends up in the lie, who they're old and they're lonely and they're curmudgeonly, and then they end up in the life of some some other character or family or group of characters who rehabilitate the curmudgeon into, you know, happiness. Classic formula. Very crowd-pleasing. About Schmidt is like that. And honestly, I really enjoyed it. However, uh, the, thing about a, the thing about a man called Otto... Did I say Schmidt? No, a man called Otto. It's called A Man Called Otto. I'm losing my mind for some reason. A Man Called Otto it is one of those movies. However, the schmaltziness of that specific formula of film is balanced very uh, interestingly in A Man Called Otto. And I feel like you as the general audience should be warned uh, before going into the film what that one very dark element is that balances out the film. Because some of you might find it kind of triggering. No, don't worry, there's there's no sexual assault in a man called Otto. But there is an awful lot about suicide. You see, the, you see the plot to a man, the story to a man called Otto is that it follows an old man whose wife is dead. And he is ready to join her. And it follows him as he attempts to commit suicide. However, his new and old neighbors just keep getting in the way of him doing so. And so, the, A Man Called Otto is, in fact, a very sort of fun, schmaltzy film that balances out its schmaltzy filmness with, uh, with just a little bit of that darkness there. It's a little bit of that darkness there. And yes, some of the suicide attempts are funny. And actually, some of the moments in the film are powerful. It's a good... And honestly, I... This was not a movie I, I was planning to go see, but it, an opportunity arose, and I was pleasantly surprised by A Man Called Otto. Very enjoyable, in my personal opinion. I mean, it is, it is what it appears to be, which is a... Grumpy old man curmudgeon comedy with all that that entails. But you should be aware, attempted suicide is an element of the film. But honestly, very nice. It's got a lot of great stuff in it. And, it, you know, it, it hits a lot of the right notes. Highly recommended. Highly recommended if you're looking for just a good, feel-good movie that has just a, a little bit of edge to it. Just a tiny bit of an edge. So, now that I've got that bonus review in there, let me move on to the menu. And I, okay, look, I don't know where exactly I would put the menu on my, on my top movies, but uh, it's definitely in the top five from last year. I'm not sure who it bumped out of the top five, I don't know where exactly in the top five I would stick it, but it's definitely good enough to get there on my list. So what is the menu? Well, that's that's a great question, and I don't know if there's a way to describe this that won't sound mildly insane, because the menu is... 
So, have you ever seen the movie Saw? Well, it's a tiny bit like Saw in certain ways. But it's also a little bit like the game. And it's a little bit like... Uh, and it's definitely a satire. So the film is a artsy... So the film is... It is an artsy... Satirical horror movie. That's what it is. Now, I don't know necessarily... I, I wouldn't say it's super scary per se, but I, it's also a little bit like the movie The Hunt. Did you see The Hunt? It came out a couple years ago. The Hunt was controversial because the concept of it was that a bunch of liberals got together to hunt MAGA types because they were tired of whatever and it was, it was it was meant to be a whole statement on like how when you do something ironically you're still doing it um and it, it was honestly kind of a muddled movie not terrible but not great either had its moments uh well the menu has a lot in common with that movie actually largely in both premise and structure um except the menu blows that movie out of the water in fact Arguably, it nails the satire in a way that that movie was just a little too uh, blunt force and on the nose. Also, that movie was also caught up in its whole being a horror movie more than this movie is. Because here, the tension and the, and the creepiness are allowed to sort of just simmer, marinate over you. Yes, I'm deliberately making, using food terminology for this one. So, what is the menu about? Well, the menu... As the menu opens, we meet a couple who want... You know what? We're, we're going to pull up the... Uh, we're going to pull up the cast for this. Hope Google doesn't mess with me. Start of this film, Nicholas Holt and... We meet Nicholas Holt and Anya Taylor-Joy. They are on a date, and they are about to go to an island restaurant where only extremely rich, pretentious people eat. I'm uh, forgetting the name of the, the restaurant right now, but it's but it's run by a chef, Slowick, played by Ralph Fiennes, who is very good actually all the acting in the film is is pretty great i mean the people who are really given a chance to shine are of course anya taylor joy ralph fines and uh, nicholas holtz has a couple couple pretty good moments as well but but no one no one's doing a bad job they they just have a noticeable opportunity to shine it's also got john leguizamo in there as a sort of wash as a sort of washed up movie star but of course all these people end up on the island and when they're on the island they of course are there for dinner and the chef proceeds to it proceeds to be a very theatrical event with very interesting meals prepared for everyone including a food critic and a bunch of people from the who work for the company that 
recently bought the uh, the restaurant and others and everyone on the, and all the people who work on the island are kind of weird and they're kind of they show kind of cult-like behavior and def deference to Ralph Fine's chef character but of course as the evening wears on slowly ever people begin to realize that something is amiss and the mind games and the physical torture begin now if 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 i scared you a little bit by saying that this is a horror movie i let me tell you this this is a horror movie that you could feasibly easily show to most people who you can't show horror movies to because it's all um because it it's it's not as concerned with scaring you as it is making its points because the movie has a lot to say specifically about art and specifically specifically about the way that art is consumed and the people who consume it but also the people who make it and that's largely what the movie is about and it uses the backdrop of gourmet food or foodie culture to illustrate these points about art and honestly it's pretty damn great if you haven't had a chance to see this yet i at the time of this recording it is currently on hbo max and it is a it is a delight absolute delight i know that sounds weird considering it's a satirical horror movie but let me tell you this is a thriller that is worth putting on it is due to the fact that it's not as scary as some other horror movies that came out last year i will say that while it would probably it's probably going to lower the the level of my barbarian where i put barbarian on the list we still say that Barbarian is technically, well, more of a horror movie than The Menu. So I would say The Menu, well, I would say overall better movie. The Barbarian and Nope are probably better horror movies. But that's besides the point. How scary a film is in this situation, and also it's a horror comedy. Horror comedies are almost always less scary. Just a fact. I know Nightmare on Elm Street people, you love Freddy, but come on. Are they as scary as movies that aren't funny? Probably not. All right. Well, we're going to cut to the commercial, maybe. And uh, then, uh, yeah. And we'll go into the spoilers now. Um, if you feel like you want to watch any of these movies before we go into the spoilers, I do. Uh, if you feel like you, um, if you feel like you want to watch any of these movies before we go into the spoilers, please um, like, share, subscribe, follow, uh, whatever it is uh, that you do to this uh, to my podcast here, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do whatever it is that you can do on your part podcast. Uh, distributor to make me look good in the algorithm it would be greatly appreciated always want more listeners all right end part one
All right, welcome to the spoiler section. Here we go. Let's do this. First of all, Top Gun. Okay, the only really spoilery thing I'm going to say about Top Gun is in regards to the plot. Okay, you want to know what you want to know what the plot is for Top Gun Maverick if you haven't already seen it. In which case, what you what are you doing? Skipping to the spoiler section. You must not care about spoilers. That's totally fine. The point is the thing about this fucking movie. This fucking movie. Is that the plot of Top Gun Maverick is literally, literally, if someone took Star Wars and New Hope and was like, okay, what if we just focused on the pilots destroying the Death Star? What if we did that? That's what this movie is. It's if you took only a small part of a, the, the original Star Wars movie, exp expanded it out to a whole movie... And, and, and that's what it is. That's what it is. It's exactly what it is. It's like, oh, what's the, what's the deal? Oh, well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fly your your ships down this, down these, uh, down these narrow corridors where there are, are gun turrets at the top. They're gonna shoot you if you fly too high. And then you gotta shoot this incredibly small target at the end. Oh, by the way, the plucky young hero at the end will will shoot the final kill shot into the secret base without his targeting computer I shame <laughs> it's fucking Star Wars people it's fucking Star Wars if the action scenes in this movie weren't so goddamn good I'd make fun of this fucking turkey until the day I died but the action scenes are that fucking good and that's all there is to it I don't know if I actually have any spoilers I want to say about A Man Called Otto. Other than, there's one scene that really got to me. Like, A Man, a man Called Otto is really good representation. Has really, has, I don't know if it's really good because I'm not necessarily represented in these uh, particular things. But some of the stuff that it does with representation are actually pretty cool. First of all, one of the neighbors that he ends up helping is a trans man who is kicked out of their who was kicked out of their home earlier in the film uh, is one of the people he helps and who's become involved in his life and uh, but also one of his one of his neighbors is has a is is disabled they they had a stroke and now they're in a wheelchair and they, they're not verbal anymore but they can still hear and stuff so there's this point in the film that this 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 scene stuck with me even though it's it's one of the more serious moments, there's the scene in the film where where Otto, uh, Tom Hanks' character, he he he's going over there to try and get he he's going over to his neighbors, his older neighbors who he used to be close friends with before his wife died. He's going over there and to get back a hose he lent them a while ago, because he's gonna go kill himself in his garage with the hose. He's gonna, he's gonna, you know, put it on his car tailpipe and uh, and poison himself. The scene, the scene where his neighbor Reuben, uh, ha, ha, um, well, he 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 goes over to his house and Reuben's wife asks him if he'll help bleed the radiators, and so he does, and he asks if Reuben can still hear them, and she's like, yeah. And so he stops and he tells he he while well, he's bleeding the radiators and she's going to get the hose, 
he's he's telling he's telling him like uh he's like i'm getting out of here i i'm i'm leaving this place i don't i, I i'm done and so when when ruben's wife brings him back brings tom hanks character the host otto ruben musters all all the strength to grab onto the hose to not let him go and that scene really stuck out to me that's a good that's a good scene and there's also a, a solid amount of discussion in the film about the necessity of wheelchair ramps uh because at a certain point uh, we see a flashback where uh tom hanks his wife's character becomes disabled stuff uh it's good to have this stuff in a mainstream film i think uh this type of representation uh positive acceptance representation of trans people but also um the discussions on accessibility for people dis accessibility and rights for people uh with disabilities which is actually another thing that comes up in the film because if you've seen the film then you know a major plot point is that the corporation is stealing people's medical information to try and manipulate them out of their houses it's a good film it's a good film. I actually do recommend it. It was a pleasant surprise. A Man Called Otto. Hope you've seen it, if you're listening to this part. If you haven't, uh, I don't feel like I've given away too much of it that you couldn't still enjoy it. So on to the menu. Okay, so, whoo, there's a lot to the menu. A menu, the menu is hypothetically a movie I could watch a few times and then really break it down and analyze it. But on a, on a once-over... Uh, I got some uh, strong positives to say in in favor of this film. Okay, it's it's uh it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So I said that the menu is about art, and that is true. As we are introduced to the various victims that the chef has assembled. And we learn their backstories it begins to paint the pictures you see you see each person there sort of represents a group of people who are connected to artists you have you have the food critics who are incredibly judgmental who put other food who put restaurants out of business with bad reviews who drive people like Chef Slowick to make ever more pretentious thought experiment type food. And a big part of my fan theory here is that the chef does not enjoy making this food. I'm sure if, if you were watching the film, you've made this observation. The food he makes here is not for himself. It is for these people that he has chosen to victimize. So, like I was saying, you got the you got the food critic and her editor at one table. You have a table you have a table that has an old couple at it who are, well, essentially they are they are well, who are they? This is a chef, I should say. They are they are regulars. People who are they are regulars, although passive consumers of his art. 
they're always there but they don't think about it they couldn't tell him what their favorite item they've eaten at his restaurant is even though they've been to it 11 times they are passive people just abusing their status to eat at a swanky place then at another table we have a bunch of of tech bro accountant types who work in the offices of the company that owns his restaurant the money people the people who run the money on his restaurant they sit at another table and then of course you have Nicholas Holt and Anya Taylor-Joy's table their character is Tyler that's Nicholas Holt's character and Margot Anya Taylor-Joy's character obviously from it me only being talking about two people I had already clarified one of them so what does their table represent well their table is actually a very interesting one because Nicholas Holt's character represents the fanboy the obsessive fan the person who who absolutely can't stop obsessing over the art form but could never do the art form themselves he is that character oh I almost forgot John Leguizamo's table John Leguizamo's table is interesting because he is the most abstract of the victims you see at his table he sits at his table because he is the producer of bad art he made he is literally there because he made a movie so bad that the that the chef the chef blames him for stealing one of his days off but also reminding him of what it looks like when an artist is no longer making art when they're just making swill each of these people represents some aspect of a relationship to the creation of art and the people who make it because the cook is constantly making food for these people he is never making food for himself he is no longer making the art for himself there is no longer love in his art at the end of the movie when Anya Taylor-Joy calls him out on it and make and has him make her a cheeseburger with fries to to go he lets her go because she gave him something you see that's the other thing he refers to the consumers of his art as takers and him as the giver and this is technically accurate they are not giving him joy in exchange for his attempt to give them joy critics lose sight of joy because they feel like their job is to critique but the truth is, is that this type of this type of attitude towards art has very little value 
All a critic of an art can truly ever say is, did it connect with me, yes or no? Do I think it will connect with you, yes or no, or maybe? Because art is subjective. And ultimately, art is only meaningful as it brings us all joy. Anya Taylor-Joy, no pun intended, gets to live. Because she reminded an artist why they were an artist. You see, the chef doesn't want to make this pretentious food. He doesn't want to have to have all these elaborate artistic elements in place in the food. Those things are there to impress people who are not him. They're there to impress the, the food critic whose positive reviews he needs to stay in business. It's there at the whim of the people who put forward the money. It's there to be obsessed over by neurotic, crazy fans like Tyler, Nicholas Holt's character, because, and this is the big one, at a certain point, the key reveal is the reason he's been so, nonch so nonchalant about all the chaos unfolding isn't because he is just that blindly obsessed that he doesn't believe it's really happening. No, he openly admits that he was told that everyone who came here would die. And the chef is actually furious at him for bringing on Taylor Joy's character, a person who was not targeted by him. And in the end, he lets her go because she is the per type of person he wishes he was cooking for. People who just want to eat something good. He just wants to cook to make other people feel that joy. And the harder he worked to make the highest quality thing that he could, the less he, he started to enjoy it because he was no longer expressing himself. He was expressing things at, for the sake of other people. Now, John Gazzamo's character and his, and his uh, assistant type person, to be fair, they're there for a different reason than everyone else. He's there because he is the reflection of what the chef has become. Someone whose art is dead to them. They have lost the spark. They're no longer doing it for the love of the thing. And it has become a meaningless exchange for currency. He's there because he hates that he has become that. And John Leguizamo's character represents what he has become. Technically, his mom is also one of the victims. Who is there drinking the whole time. And he also expresses the fact that he was never good enough for her either. The menu has a lot to say and a lot of layers. I'm sure, certain if I watched it again, I would start to undig into those layers. I definitely have to say I recommend the menu. Absolutely. If you haven't seen it, and I hope I haven't spoiled too much of it here, it is 100% worth your time. This is a shorter movie review one than the normal, even though I did three movies. Honestly, uh, though, um, yeah. 
Good movies all over. Uh, two of them I liked more. But one of them did have kick-ass fighter jet pilot scenes. Really didn't see that happen in the menu, did you? No, I'm kidding. That is that is Top Gun. All right, well, thank you for listening. Please uh, like, share, subscribe, whatever. Give me a reason to make art and then a reason to hate that art.